Well, hello. Welcome back to We Drink and We Watch Things. I am Mackenzie. I'm still Lamar. Still. Man, darn. Still uh, Lamar from the blog. Oh, Jesus. That's hurtful. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I'm excited, actually. So today we are doing an Ask Me Anything episode, which I have already determined and we haven't even started. We need to do more of because these questions are great. Yeah. The reason for that was we lost an episode last week. So yeah. just due to, do you want to explain? The first question was literally, what were the technical difficulties? Yeah, that's our list. First, uh, ask me anything on the list. So we'll just we'll just start there, which is it was Lamar's fault. Uh, 110%. The, the yeah. technical difficulties were Lamar, like as a person, was mm-hmm. a technical difficulty, I think is, I, I think that, I mean, I think that about covers it, right? Like anything else we want to share? I technical at this point. I think I'm just difficult. <laughs> There you go. I think we've covered yeah. it, right? So we're good. Uh, we know that. Yeah, we had some recording issues yeah. with like the mics and whatnot, and it just it was either put out a sub quality mm-hmm, sounding mm-hmm. episode for y'all that was going to be painful to your ears in some way, or yeah. you know throw together this Q and A session. So thank you to everyone who sent in these questions. Yeah, I mean truly, if you want to hear the original audio, DM me. <laughs> I will send you Lamar sounding like a robot before he eventually disappears, <laughs> which is what happened. So anyway, but thanks for joining us despite our weird week this week. And this is, I consider this still like a fan jan selection, to be honest, because these are all your questions. So thanks for helping fan jan carry on. Uh, yeah. But before we get into them, what are we drinking? What are you drinking? I know you were eating well, we're a doing this ago. Are you drinking? Okay. We're doing, yeah, I just wrapped up lunch and it's a Saturday afternoon and I still have to exercise and shower and get to this party tonight. So I have things I have to accomplish after this. I didn't want to get hammered. So I'm not doing like a super sugary coffee. I'm just doing a a plain old gin and tonic, Uh, but it is Empress Gin. So it's got that florally Mm. taste to it. Quite good. What about you? Bougie. Uh, Yeah, I was feeling like Saturday afternoon, super chill vibes. Like, what would Mm -hmm. I drink that's just easy and more my style and it's not on any particular theme? So I have a Yingling Amber beer. I am. That's my favorite kind of beer. In case anybody's curious, always Ambers all the time. Too many fucking IPAs in this world. Uh, So, yeah, (laughs) I'm I'm having an Amber, which in, of course, our koozie, which, again, I have to find a way to use every episode. So that's what I'm doing. Uh, Excellent choice. Alrighty, well, we're going to dig in because it's going to be a quickie for you guys today. Like, it's not going to be a full hour. We're just going to blow through your questions, which, again, thank you for submitting. We loved. They're super fun. Um, mm-hmm. So, but Lamar is going to lead us through them because he has painstakingly created an order and I'm excited. So, hit me. <laughs> painstakingly in like six and a half minutes and we are ready to go. So, question number one. Let's start with this, Mackenzie. What movie have you watched more than any other? Um, if you had to guess, how many times have you watched that movie? And this comes to us from at the Labrie on Insta. Thanks. Thanks for the question, at Le- Labrie. Um, the the Labrie. The Labrie. The Labrie. Okay. We don't want to send our followers Oof. to the wrong page. Also, do we want to create stalkers for these people? I don't know. Yes. I don't know. I don't know. They're okay, going to cool. love it. Cool, cool, cool. Love it. Uh, well, this was really hard for me uh, because... I I feel like there are a handful of movies that I watch a lot, and it's probably like kind of neck and neck. Um, yeah. So I have two that came to mind, may or may not be accurate, but the first one was The Princess Bride. Um, yes, which I watch incessantly, uh, and <laughs> and I also make every person I know watch this with me, and like I've made multiple people go to the Alamo movie party with me yeah. for this. 
And there are shockingly people who haven't seen this yet. Uh, what the fuck? So I make them watch it. Anyway, so I've seen it hun- hundreds. I don't know. So wow. many times. You really you like, think you are you exaggerating or you literally think it's in the hundreds? I think it's probably I would not be surprised if it was like yes, I was exaggerating. I would not be surprised if okay. it was like over fifty. You know what I mean? Like okay. I, I think it's I just I've seen it so many times and I know literally every word, you know. So I I think it's yeah, it's high. The other ones were like the Harry Potters. Cause I watch those for a million reasons all the time, seasonally, for funsies, to feel good, to be a nerd, like, and again, introduce them to people, marathons, whatever. So dozens of times, it feels like. So spinning off of that, which which of the Harry Potter films, not the books, which of the movies do you like the most if you had to pick one to watch at any given time? This question comes from at Lamar on the podcast. I think gut check as you said that, I feel like I would need to analyze this further, but gut check as you said it, the first one that popped into my head was Goblet of Fire. Okay. That's the one where Harry puts his name into the Goblet of Fire, I believe. Yes. And he like okay. it participates in the Triwizard Tournament when he's like way underage. And uh, I thought it was a really good adaptation of the book. And the, that book for the longest time, if not still, was my favorite book mm-hmm. of the series. So I think that's probably why. Some of the later ones are really good, but they make some... Very upsetting decisions in the later ones as far as how they adapt it. So, uh, yeah, I think I'd probably go with Goblet of Fire. Okay. That's, yeah, yeah. I, I only watched him through once, but I do remember liking that one. You get some mm. Robert Pattinson in there, too. Yeah, yeah. And, like, just the – and he actually – I mean, is it bad if I spoil this? Whatever. It's really old. He actually dies in that, in that one. That's the mm-hmm. one where he dies in it, and it's, like, really rough. Um, but they do such a good job. Like, the acting of that is all incredible. Anyway – so yeah, what are yours? I th- this was an interesting question as well for me because I'm sitting here thinking of the movies you watch as a kid and you think you watched you, your favorite movies a million as a kid, times. You assume you watched them a million times, but really I was thinking of that and just I don't think I did. You know, I had favorite movies when I was a child and like different Disney films and live action stuff, yeah. but I don't think they. I didn't continue obviously watching them throughout my life. I think as an adult it would come down to two schools of logic. I know in the last five to 10 years, I've probably watched Scott Pilgrim versus the world more times than anything else. Really? It's such a fun film. And what you said struck a chord with me where if somebody comes over and they're like, oh, I've never seen that movie. I'm like, we're watching this now. What do you put put on? I'm always down to rewatch it. I did a movie party of my own in my living room for my birthday last year for that film and bought props and stuff. So probably that one, the second school of logic would be Rocky Horror Picture Show because I think I've watched that almost every year around Halloween time and Mm. maybe one or two in between for the last 20 years. So that one's probably up there as well. But I think Scott Pilgrim, I've... I'm probably coming up on 30 to 40 watches of that one. Wow. I feel like you actually put real thought into the number estimate, and I super did not do that part. <laughs> You're like literally hundreds. <laughs> literally <laughs> hundreds, but also not literally hundreds because I don't like math. Uh, but yeah, no, that, I mean, I could see that. I remember you talking about it a couple of times too. So that's cool. That's a good one. That's a good choice. I get it. Thank you. Thank you. How about this one? Let's go a little zany on the second question. This comes to us from Janelephant. I wonder who that is. She sounds No cute. idea. Literally no idea who that could be. You have to swap out one member of the Fast and Furious franchise with a Marvel character. Who is it? 
Oh my God, this was really hard, but also an incredible question. And yes. uh, I think this was, I have a list like kind of in order of mm-hmm. importance. I made, I narrowed this down to three options, which was Groot for Vin Diesel. Which well, felt... his name is Dom. His name is Dom. Vin Diesel's character, Dom. Correct. Dom there Toretto. Don't think I don't know what we're talking about here. I'm a car nut. <laughs> I've seen every every one of these fuckers. Uh, no, yeah. D- Groot for Dom Toretto. is That was I thought... where I went. I think that's the yeah. most logical, right? It is. He plays both. But like, let's see how it swabs out. You know what I mean? Like, I have questions. And... I want to see how that would play out. And my thought was, well, like, maybe Groot's dialogue is going to be too repetitive for the, uh, a different series. But let's be real. Don's but how different is it? Is super fucking repetitive. So exactly, who cares? he says the same things every movie, right? Like it's yeah. not different. So, yeah, I think that's a, a great choice. Another one that I thought would be kind of funny would be the Hulk, aka Bruce Banner, for mm-hmm. Dom Toretto. Also, um, especially the Bruce Banner bit, actually, because I thought it would be really funny if we turned a Dom into like a nerdy scientist guy. Like, how would that translate in this context? <laughs> it feels like it would turn into a very different movie uh so i thought that would be just kind of a i fun don't think they would with. ever win if if you had dom as the main scientist on the avengers they'd lose probably not for sure for sure <laughs> they would totally lose bruce bruce banner was a pretty key pretty key character uh from a scientific standpoint so we'd be fucked there'd be no more universe uh but it was you know it was entertaining nonetheless to think think it through okay but also this i don't really have an exact exchange here so this is kind of a a, a weird one but I feel like Loki should be involved to some degree. Like, I don't know. I don't know where to put him. I actually went through literally the entire Fast and the Furious cast when I was Mm -hmm. thinking about this because I was like, there's got to be somewhere to put him. He's, you know, Norse god of mischief, literally. So I was like, this is the perfect place for Loki to go somewhere. But I couldn't figure out who to swap. But I will say I would love to see a Loki moment in the Fast and the Furious. I feel like that could be fun. That would be pretty cool. He's a schemer, so he could make like a good villain or eventually join Mm -hmm. the good guys like every character does in The Fast and the Furious. Yeah, exactly. I feel like that's his whole vibe. So, yeah, I think he could plug in in a fun and interesting way for sure. The other the last thing that I thought would be funny with Vin Diesel joining the Marvel Universe is, you know, he has that like height insecurity where he always wants to be portrayed as the same height as like his his fellow cast members. Mm -hmm. I'm imagining like him telling them the, the whole cast to be like eight feet standing behind me in every yeah. frame CGI'd so that I look the same height as the Hulk. <laughs> I just imagine him being terrible on this set. I have you know? to be I have to be Hulk level height. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. No, 100 I mean, percent Am I wrong? Because he plays the Groot. He's like, I want to play the tallest character. The tallest character. <laughs> but then he also becomes the smallest character at certain moments. This and is I, true. This I love is that true. for him though. Yeah. I think that's funny. there's a little hole in my theory. It's a good well, thing that they couldn't get the rights to Galactus. I feel Maybe like he'll he, end up playing Galactus. I feel like he's cool with being either one. You know what I mean? Like purposely really short where you know it's not real, mm-hmm. right? Or super tall. But that like average height is not his vibe, you know? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So let's move to a more serious one. And this one I'm really curious to, to pick your brain about. So from at just tabs on Insta, what's a current movie within the last five years that you think will become timeless and why? Okay, so this was really hard. And if you think Mm -hmm. I don't have a list of six movies right now and probably growing, then you would be wrong. Um, It's very timely and it feels like a cop out, but I think it's very relevant right now. So I started with Barbie 
I do yes. think that that will become very timeless. It's so funny. I want to like maybe find the post and share it on our Insta, but there was like an upworthy post of a guy who got a text from his dad about Barbie, like after seeing mm-hmm. Barbie and it's this that. whole thesis. Yeah. About like pre Barbie world and post Barbie world. Right. Of just like after this movie existed, the world is different. It, it created a completely different conversation um, yeah. in, I think, an incredible way in all kinds of ways. And just as a woman, it's really amazing to finally see some of these things be said and and in and in such a creative way in a fun way too it doesn't like hit you over the head with it and make it dark and twisty the whole time but it makes you think about it and so i just think it's a beautifully handled film in you know what i hope is you know the future for women right to to really be equal in this in this uh, unfortunately very patriarchal world that we've we've been brought up in so i think it's a beautiful potential classic i have several others that i'll just rattle off and i won't go deep dive into but um Encanto was one i would have said mm-hmm. coco because i love coco and i think that's a classic but it did not fall in the last five years so i stuck to the rules right, um okay. la la land i think is a beautiful film and kind of a, a classic feel good especially from a music like bittersweet but beautiful uh west side story the remake because i think that really took that story and and modernized it in a key way, even around language, right? Like the Spanish in that film was just as important as the English. And mm-hmm. that was a big moment in these films as well. Um, and then everything everywhere all at once was, you know, just such an impactful film. Like it feels like that resonated with everyone and it was wildly creative and beautifully done and performed and the effects and everything as well. Um, and I thought it was, I thought that was just like the height of potentially being a, a real future classic or something that everyone sees at some point, definitely. Um, and then I think the last one that I was kind of had a question mark about, but I think there's a, a, an argument to be made for was Jojo Rabbit. I want to take a what TT uh, showing yeah, words. That one I thought was going to be more prevalent <laughs> over the last few years, but it feels yeah. like it's sort of had its, its year and then it sort of faded out a little bit. I don't hear as much chatter about it from like people. Yeah. Like, okay. What are like, it's not in my, it's not in my top 10 favorite films, but, and it's, I think also a very sad watch for as yeah. adorable as it is at times. It's pretty much a yeah. downer of a film. So that might be why. I feel like it's really funny, though, too. So like that's where I struggle with it is like it is a kind of a. it's definitely to your point. It's like a rough topic and it, and it ends, mm-hmm. you know, there's very sad moments. And I'm not going to spoil it because it is a more recent film, but there are some sad moments. But overall, this what could be a really only heavy or difficult topic is handled in this really funny, creative way that I think, again, is more like Taika Waititi's style that is, I think, becoming a classic, I think is more what I mean. Like that's, he has kind of shifted the way we tell some of those types of stories. And that was one of the earlier ones to do it, I think. And yeah. um, and everyone I talk to about it, once they see it, feels really strongly about it as well. They're like, oh my God, that was an incredible movie. So yeah. I don't know, maybe yeah. it'll build, Maybe it, maybe it won't. Yeah, we'll see. I, on my end, I had uh, everything everywhere all at once was where my mind went immediately. Yeah. Just total agreement with you. Of the, the, It's the incredible visuals. It's a unique story. It was, mm-hmm. you know, right on the cusp, I think, of when Marvel started to, to think about incorporating the multiverse into their films. So this was kind of a, and it's a different way of doing that. But I think it kind of gets lost a little bit because of what Marvel was doing around the same time. But it ties in such an incredibly emotional story of this Mm -hmm. family and just something we can 
I think all relate to of yeah. just growing older and trying to, I think your parents want you to live a, a better life than them, but they don't want you to completely pull away. I think it's something that, you know, maybe hopefully it's not just me that relates to that. I assume not since it did so well, but. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a little bit of, they want you to hold on to your history, your family, your culture, whatever that looks like, you know, your roots to some degree. Remember what that's like. Remember the challenges probably of those before you, but mm -hmm. also, you know, live a different life and and have new opportunity. I mean, I think most parents want that for their children, right? To for you to have a better life, and and yeah, I think it tells that story very well in a beautiful way. Yeah, I think it's it's also a story about gratitude. Of, of mm -hmm. you know, there's a million possibilities out there of where your life could have gone if you had right. made different, if done things differently. Mm -hmm. um, but learning to just be grateful for what you do have and the, the people that that care about you. So making the most of it. Honorable mention would be my only fear here is I think it's gonna just it's gonna become sort of a the first to do this, but it's probably going to seem run of the mill in 20 years is mm. Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Oh, I think, yeah, you I know, agree. It's, it's doing to modern animation what Toy Story did in the 90s, but nowadays, mm -hmm. like, people still love Toy Story. Of course. But you forget that that was the first one the to first do that one. style. And I think Spider-Verse is a current classic. I just worry that in 10 years' time, a lot of people are going to be sort of aping that style. Yeah, that we won't appreciate it the same way right. as well, I think. I mean, even the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which we have talked about off off mic, is a similar vibe. But I actually mm -hmm. think it did it in a really good, unique way. But it, it does, it is because, you know, Spider-Verse walked that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles remake could run, you know? Yes. I think I think yeah. that's very true, for sure. Yeah, agreed. All right, so... From at Pembertonia, what was your favorite movie as a kid and how has that changed as you grew up? Okay, so this was hard because for a quick second I was like, well, like, how kid are we talking was my original reaction. Mm -hmm. I was like, are we talking five? Are we talking, you know, 15? What are we, you know, what are we talking as far as a kid? But I just went with like my gut of what I remember my first favorite movie being, yeah. um, which was definitely The Little Mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> much to the chagrin. You and my sister both. Yeah. yeah, like much to the chagrin of my entire family, right? Of just like, are you kidding me? We want to watch this again? There's no you know way. I'm, I'm changing my answer from a couple questions ago. I, the movie that I've seen the most times because of my sister is probably The Little Mermaid. Is The Little Mermaid. So I did not watch it by choice, but. Oh, yeah, you were. I mean, I think that's true of anybody who had a, a sibling, you know, a sister who was obsessed with that movie. My sister was also obsessed with that movie before me. So my parents, my poor, poor parents had to, like, go through that phase <laughs> with both of us. Um, so poor, poor people. But I think that is one. But then the next one I thought of was Matilda, like also a very okay. when I was very yeah, young, yeah, yeah. I loved Matilda. And I was like, my first thought was, that hasn't really changed. That movie is still so fucking good. Mm -hmm. I still want to be her when I grow up. I still want magical powers. Like, I see myself as a Matilda, like big fat nerd. And I'm just waiting for my powers to show up. You know what I mean? I mean, Harry Potter is the same <laughs> way for me, right? Like, I'm just waiting for my Hogwarts letter. Like, I, this is what I want for my life. Oh, that's good. Um, I'm going to go with I, the first one that sprung to my mind was a movie called The Sandlot. Oh, and what's changed as I grew up? Not a fucking thing. Not a I will fucking still thing. Watch that. You know, I, I feel like it's just a quintessential. Maybe it, it speaks mostly to young boys, but I could see how, you know, young mm -hmm. girls could also mm -hmm. watch that and enjoy it. But it just reminds me, it just gives me this nostalgia 
of a time when you were a kid and it's like all you needed yeah. was a, a feel a place to play and a ball of some kind whether you're playing soccer or baseball or basketball you, you could just go outside with your friends and like everything was so much easier back then so it's like as an adult i think looking back and watching that you're just like oh man those are some good the nostalgia times. is real yeah for sure yeah. in in so many ways i love that movie by the way for the record i mean mm-hmm. i think that's a excellent choice and yeah i i don't know if i had a lot of girlfriends who were into it to your point but i well one i i just like genuinely just had a lot of boy neighbors when i was a kid so i feel like Mm -hmm. i just i don't really can't really tell but yeah i loved that movie i mean i was a young tomboy but i loved that movie as well very cool all right let's let's do a toughie here i'm gonna make you you think Long and hard. What are your desert island movies? So if you could only watch three films for the rest of your life, which ones would you watch? And we're getting to the point where we're going to start repeating the people who submitted these questions. So I'm just going to make up names to make it seem like we had more people. We had more fans. So this one comes from Johnny (laughs) Thunderpants. Um, Yeah. Go ahead and answer that question, Mackenzie, from Johnny. Okay, but Johnny did not include the three part that I recall. Was there? I don't feel like I got that direction I when knew I created I had to put this you list. On a limit, I had to put you on a limit because you were going to be like, "I have fifty seventy-three movies," like, you did in the, like in the Halloween episode. We were like top ten, and you were like, "Here's a hundred movies I like." <laughs> or two seconds ago, when I was asked what, <laughs> what my other ones were. Yeah, yeah. What's no. one timeless movie? You're like, here's, eight. <laughs> here's seventeen of them. Oh God, I'm the worst. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, no. So I definitely have for this list six. So now I have to literally half it. Um, gotcha. So, yeah, I'm going to gut check it on the fly. Fuck. This is hard. OK. I'm doing this in real time, guys. I apologize. Uh, All About Eve. It's definitely one. That's okay. maybe my favorite film of all time. Mm. Um, and it's a black and white film. If you haven't seen it, check it out. It's beautiful. The writing back then. The writing of it all. Um. So that's one, Princess Bride. I think yes. that's got to happen. I can't. I cannot have that not on the island. Can we say a series as one? No, that's not it. how this works, motherfuckers. See, this is not <laughs> fair. I can't get a list in uh, a limit in real time. Okay, last one. <clears throat> okay, okay, okay. Fuck. His I wish girlfriend. you guys could see the pain on the, her face right now, y'all. She is. Face. This is torture for her to have to pick three movies that she doesn't want on this list. It was already hard enough to get to six, <laughs> and one of them was a series. Okay, this was very difficult. Okay, so but also I, part like on you a little bit because no one ever anytime you play Desert Island, no one picks the number six. It's either five or three or ten. Why? Why would? Why would six be the number? Because I wanted to see if I could eke in the series is what it was. It was like okay, the series with fair. the last little one of like, can I throw all the right, series in? Right. But yes, I started with five. I was like, what is your top five was my initial thought. So anyway, but yes, as my third, because I have, you know, the pressure is on. I'm going to go His Girl Friday, which is, again, an older black and white film if you haven't seen it. But the writing and the witty repartee, like it is phenomenal. Okay. Do you tend to, I feel like we've spoken in the past, do you tend to sort of skew toward the more classic films as somebody who sort of not a lot of people have gone that far back and watched those yeah. films so at any given moment are you more leaning that way toward your preference not necessarily but i have a very healthy obsession with classic film yeah i mean i don't mm-hmm. know that like that's my genre specifically i think i'm a pretty diverse film watcher and film fan but i have a very healthy respect for 
classic film, but also anything with really good writing. You know, yeah. like I love I and I love action flicks. Like, do not get me wrong. I am a sucker for a Marvel movie and a Knight's Tale, like, like you know, these fun action flicks. But I love when it's creatively done and it's well written and it's witty and it's, you know, and that can be a modern film, a couple I have on this list later. Uh, but it can also be a classic film where I just think you weren't able to depend on effects and things that were going to augment your story. Your story had to be solid, had to be right. fire. And um, so I do I have a very healthy respect for classic film in that regard, because the writing, generally speaking, is significantly better than a lot of the kind of more average movies you see today. Got it. OK. Yeah, I was curious about that. For me, this was interesting because. Even though I said I've watched Scott Pilgrim versus the world probably more than any other film, I don't think it would make it to my desert because this is not necessarily my top three favorite movies. It's the movies that I want to watch, you know, over yeah. and over and over again. Um, and so even though Scott Pilgrim might be like my second favorite movie, it's not going to make this list. I also wanted a little bit of variety. So who knows? Maybe I'm lying. But I would start with the movie Snatch from Guy Ritchie. Ooh, I think that that fine. is... Because I almost picked a Tarantino movie because they're just unique. And so, you yeah. know, I can rewatch Pulp Fiction and Reservoir yeah. Dogs and a few others. But this is a more fun version of that. There's a lot more laughs, I feel like, mm -hmm. in Snatch. The, I think the character, it, maybe just because it's British, it's a little more zany. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. Yeah. I feel like anything Guy Ritchie, you can help pretty healthily rewatch a few times because it's mm -hmm. there's a lot to pick up. Again, like it, those are pretty witty films generally speaking and they move quickly and they're aesthetically very pleasing always you know or at least interesting maybe not pleasing but always interesting more recently very pleasing to the eye but very interesting looking as well yeah i think those are yeah. awesome choices john of the dead would probably be one because i i love zombie films and so to have a movie that is a comedy horror where i get my zombie fix but I and I get all these homages to classic zombie films, but I also get to laugh and it's very light for the most part. So I think Shaun of the Dead would be my second. And mm -hmm, then mm -hmm. my last one for the sake of having one that's a more classic, just great film, a great piece of cinema. I really a lot of people might not agree with this, but I think my favorite Scorsese movie is The Departed. And I love The Departed because I just think. It's so well yeah. cast. Every single person in the movie is perfect for their role. Yeah. And it's just this gritty, it's two plus hours long, but it doesn't feel like that to me. And it just keeps yeah, me on the edge doesn't. of my seat. So I think I thought of this more as the sake of variety and also mm -hmm. the movies that I can, you know, t have in a rotation and not get super tired of after a while. If I had had to narrow a little more, I maybe would make different choices, like mm -hmm. to, with that in mind. Um, yeah. But yeah, because so, yeah, I think those are really good, diverse choices because I agree you can't. It's hard to watch the same style of something over and over as well. So I think those are great. Mm -hmm. I love The Departed, too. I, it's it's such a, to your point, excellent film, excellently cast, performed. And no, it doesn't feel as long as it is, for sure. Right. Yeah. Cool. All right. Next up. What movie? Oh, let's get emotional. What movie will never not make you cry? And this is from Abigail Serskinchuk. We love you, Abigail. You guys should see his face, the pain of having to make up these names in real time. It's, it's harder than favorite. you would think. That I could literally say anything, but it's so hard to think you of. You could a have real been like Abigail Smith and, you know, and you popped out Shortstein, whatever. Well, oh. I don't want to pick a common name because then somebody on Instagram, if they hear this, they're like, I didn't fucking say that. And then we get sued. That's how it works, right? I don't yeah. know. I'm not. 
That's exactly how it works. Totally true. Okay, never not make you cry. So I have <laughs> I have a few answers to this. Um, my first one is you're gonna laugh at me so hard. I can't. I can't even get this. Oh jeez. Um, Lilo and Stitch. Like oh, no, I think that's a that's a solid choice. I'm not gonna laugh about that. I say that because I'm not a big movie crier. Actually, I'm I'm really not. And um, but the saddest scene in that is like him in the rain in the woods by himself, mm-hmm. like talking about Ohana and Ohana means family, and he's looking at the little duck, and it's like, oh my god, every time. And I did see that in theaters, and I did tear up in the theater. And yeah, that like still fucks me, man. Every time I see that scene, and I love that movie. I love, love, love that movie. And uh, no, that'll fuck me up every time for sure. Anything with an animal that it gets yeah. getting hurt is hurt. Yeah. Like I know Stitch was animated or whatever, but similar vibes. Like anything with an animal will make me cry. Anything where like a owner has to like send their animal away to protect them, but is a, is mean to them. You know, all those kinds of things. Mm-hmm are horrendous to me those are very very heartbreaking but uh in a more like really sincere emotional way i think uh the father by uh with anthony hopkins really i still haven't got seen me. that that came out a few years ago right yeah that one really really got me like i was explaining to skylar when i was going through these questions and i was like tearing up explaining it to him mm-hmm. that's how emotional that movie makes me and his follow-up question for us so i'll add this as a part two for you was have you ever just bawled in a theater and that was the one like that was the one where i'm like tears are streaming down my face in the middle Mm -hmm. of the theater that was oh god it was rough it was rough okay all right so the father you said the father which is is incredible incredible but if you have any sensitivity around dementia for like familial Mm. or emotional reasons that is a very, very difficult watch. Very, very difficult. So just trigger warning. Okay. Well, thank you for that. I'm going to have to check that out. Also spinning semi off of that. I think for me, there's happy crying and sad crying. And I think Coco will never not make me oh sort of happy heart feels cry mm-hmm. at the very end when he's singing to his abuelita. Oh, my God. Um, oh, my God. Just, you know, to that point of watching the people you love grow old but i love the message in that of it i just i have such a a i guess respect's not even the right word just more of a fascination with mexican culture and like any anything that sort of has that reverence for the dead and like that belief that people we continue to carry our loved ones with us after we die i didn't know we were gonna get this deep today shit Um, i know we're gonna start crying because like (laughs) i'm thinking of my abuelita and that is what that movie makes me think of every time and i saw it in theaters twice and i cried both times like yeah it but it is it's beautiful and it's a little heartrending as well yeah it gets me for sure another one that sort of ties to that and this one not i don't know that a lot of people haven't seen this but maybe it doesn't hit them the same is a movie called 50 50 with jogo levs joseph levitt oh yeah yeah no that is a little that's unexpected yeah yeah yeah, yeah, that one is mostly a comedy. I mean, it, mm-hmm. he does, you know, the plot mm-hmm. of the film, not going to spoil anything. The plot of the film is he's a young guy diagnosed with a rare cancer and has a 50-50 chance of surviving the surgery. And it's right. just him dealing with that. And he's yeah. such a positive person that he doesn't want to sort of accept give that into could it. die. Yeah. 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 Uh, but yeah, not to give much away, but his his relationship with his mom reminds me of me and my mom. And, I, and probably a lot of people have just protective mothers who care for you and just want to do everything and throughout the movie 
she's coming off as sort of pestering because she's concerned about him. Right. But right. God, come to think of it, there's a there's dementia in that film yep. as well because yep. his father and she has to take care of him. So yeah, I think there's a common theme here of like thinking yeah. about our parents and our grandparents yeah. makes us cry. Um, but the the very last one that I the, my initial answer, and this is for a totally different reason is eternal sunshine of the spotless mind mm. that one gets me only at specific moments mm-hmm. but it's just this thought of we've all been through rough breakups and we get so focused on all the negative things and the things that we didn't like by the end that we forget about all the positives so watching yeah. this person sort of see those moments of how it started and all the good times and wanting to hang on to those memories. It's just, it's very touching and it does hit me a lot. And I like the the message at the end as well of sort right. of how they end up. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think those are completely valid choices. Yeah. And I think there is a common theme. There's still Alice is another one that comes to mind around the dementia of it all. And that's a woman mm. with early onset Alzheimer's, very young, like in her 40s. Yeah. Um, and that's also same thing. It's just very, very hard to watch that. I think that like really just getting super deep really quick as a person, that's the thing that's the most terrifying to me as a person. And maybe that's another part of it of use, losing your connection to yourself and your your touchstone for reality, right? For me is super yeah. terrifying. And actually segues really well into another one of our questions uh, okay. about what movies have fucked you up. So I don't know if that was next for you, but it feels like a good yeah, option. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, it's uh, what was the full for what was the phrase that they said? So I think that you can interpret it multiple ways. It okay. says movie that scared you or fucked you up the most. So okay. you could go the fear route or you could yeah. go emotional. Yeah. Mine was like, it fucks you up, I guess, is what I honed in on mm-hmm. on that part of that question. And I had a couple, two specifically, literally like immediately popped into my mind mm-hmm. and not in a dementia sense, but it's a similar reasoning for me of uh 2001 a space odyssey okay i know that's a weird choice i will explain <laughs> uh stargate also which is like kind Sensing of a, deep a theme cut. here yeah yeah it's kind of a deep cut and it's stuff that um i don't think a lot of people have seen stargate the, the movie a lot of people saw the series um mm-hmm. but the original movie as i recall both of these have these the one they're all related to space and i actually love space i'm a nasa nerd like sign me up but space is also super fucking scary. Like, we yeah. don't fully understand it. Weird shit can happen, you know? And I think what happens in a space odyssey where he, like, the reverse aging moment and being mm-hmm. completely disconnected from yourself and having no control and also, like, safety in that sense of, like, how do I, I'm literally reverse aging. How do I care for myself? How do I survive this? Like, these kinds of things. That yeah. super freaks me out. And I saw that really young, too, as the other thing. Like, I saw that before these concepts are something you can process. You know what I mean? I think I yeah. was, like, 10 or something. Like, I, I was really fucked up by that movie, I remember. And then Stargate, the same thing, where, like, you are actually going through different spatial realms. And there is literally a gate. It's called Stargate. That you go through that can open and close, but it can lock. Right? And so, like, you can't get back to your home and that's kind of the part of the premise of this story is that you can go through this gate but can you get back you know and that fucked me up real bad of like again not having a a touch point a tether a like control over how do I get home take care of myself be safe whatever and like that's just yeah very rooted in my own needs of safety and 
and resilience and resourcefulness and being able to like take care of myself. And those both at a young age I saw and I was like, what do you do? How do you deal with this? Like, this is terrifying. So yeah, those super fucked me up at a young age. Okay. Those are really like deep thought kind of the (laughs) complexities of the human body and spirit. I mean, uh, did you expect anything different from me? Like, I overthink everything. You're welcome, no, people. But but mine is too. Mine is uh, anaconda with the big snake. No, I'm just kidding. It's not. Um, but I That's went a the valid fear. <laughs> yeah, I went the opposite route. Uh, I went with more just uh, fucked up as in scared. And yeah. for me, and I think we might have talked about this on the Halloween episode, I think the scary movie that hit me the hardest, because I watched a lot of horror when I was a kid, and I do remember being very scared for normally I'll, I would watch a scary movie and I'd have nightmares for like two nights and then I'd be fine. But whenever something new is sort of introduced into the realm of horror, it it sort of hits different. Um, mm-hmm. I think Paranormal Activity, the very first one, just because I had been living on my own at that point, you know, in my mm. own apartment and it's that movie the way that it slowly builds up and it just starts as sort of little noises in the night or little footsteps, mm-hmm. the sound in that movie is really well done. And eventually it plays out with like demon possession and all this crazy shit. That doesn't really get me. But the simple stuff at the beginning, because everyone when they're sleeping will hear a little bump in the night type of sound right, or, right. you know, you'll hear something like, what the fuck was that? So for me living alone at that time, that one was stuck with me for probably a couple weeks of like waking up in the middle of the night and being like, what was that? Something like moving or something shifting. And it's just the foundation of the building or something like that. But yeah, I'd say paranormal activity got me good. Yeah. And I think, well, one, I think that's a super valid choice Two, I think I don't have things like that because I just don't find scary movies scary. Not in that way. I find the stuff that like, I say scary in quotes. You guys can't see scary movies. Scary. <laughs> um, but it's because I I find the things that fuck with your head scarier than than a jump yeah. scare, than a, those kinds of things. And so, yeah, any movie that will like be a psychological thriller or, mm-hmm. you know, turn that on its head. That freaks me out. Faux show. Yeah. All right. Well, let's um let's try to get like one more in. You good with that? Yeah, I think so. I think I want to honorable mention a question that we can't talk about because I have no idea how to talk about it, (laughs) which was the Street Fighter question. Thank you so much for asking us to discuss this film. I have never seen it and I have nothing to offer. Thank you so much. I saw it when I was very young and I know who sent this and I know why they because it is one of those movies that's like a so bad it's good. It is just cheesy 90s schlock. But I think maybe you and I should do a rewatch and make that, you know, somewhere down the line, yeah. one of the films we talk about. I love it. All right. Well, great suggestion. What was the last one? What do we want to wrap it so up with? I, this one I wanted to ask for your sake, because I know that you tend to to dive deep when we go into sort of historical films. Yes. So do you have a favorite movie about a historical event? This one comes to us from Kristen Collingswood. <laughs> We have so many Thanks. fans. Thanks, Kristen. <laughs> what a great question. What a great um, name. I'm so glad that you chose that one. And just so y'all know, we're coming up on time, so we had to narrow we had to narrow the focus. But um, favorite movie about a historical event? Uh, yes, love. Thank you so much for asking this. I have a list of seven. So, <laughs> I, Jesus Christ! <laughs> don't worry, I'm not going to go into them because we literally actually it's eight. We literally don't have time. Um, but I will go with a very recent one if you want to hear the rest, or maybe I'll share them on the Insta so you can go check them out because there are a bunch of really good ones on this list, actually. 
Um, but if I had to pick my top favorite of this list, I'd go probably 1917, which is Ooh. a World War One film directed by Sam Mendes. And the DP on that is Roger Deakins. And it is one of the most incredibly shot films I have ever seen. And if you don't already know this about this film, it's a single shot. Um, and, and that is, I mean, you have to watch it to fully understand what I'm saying about what a feat yeah. that truly is. Have you seen it, Lamar? Yeah, there's a okay. reason that Mackenzie mentioned the DP on this film because it's, the, the visuals of this, the cinematography is just incredible. Insane. And I mean, we're talking like shots overnight and how they evolve mm -hmm, and how you follow mm -hmm. a person and how you follow you know this is a war like you follow the physical damage of something you follow somebody even just simple as like going through the woods and in the trenches of course like this is an intense incredible beautifully shot film and it i mean and to say nothing of the performances right like the performances are also excellent the story is of course it, you know a painful but timeless historical yeah. event you know and this is this is one of the bloodiest events in our global history and they they just did it so much justice I, I can't i can't say enough about it it's an incredible film i have again several others i could recommend but if i had to pick one probably that one and again i think it's the feat of how it was shot that is bananas mm -hmm. and, and beautiful to me yeah yeah, that's a great choice. I know. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's not they don't they didn't literally shoot it in one shot, but it's designed to feel like a one shot where it just so, sort of segues from scene to scene. So it has it has a physical one shot throughout each scene. So like yes, the, every okay. scene is a full shot, and it's kind of hard to describe. Maybe we'll post a little something on it that makes it a little bit more clear. But um, it yeah, it is an incredible feat of cinematography, and the fact that it has this such a seamless flow mm -hmm. the way that they did it is i mean i don't know how they did it you know what i mean i've read yeah. about it i've researched it and i still don't fully understand transparently yeah, like it's, it's never noticeable yeah you you get lost and it's not like it reminds me totally different film it reminds me a little bit of birdman but that had very clear like we're segueing from scene to scene but we're not in the same location we 100%. are not it's not the same characters but it feels that way this one you know that it's not a same, but it never takes you out of it. You are just on this roller coaster ride nonstop for the length yeah. of this movie. A hundred percent. I think it's a really good one. Uh, so, what was yours? Uh, Passion of the Christ, probably. Okay, wait, is that real? I'm just. No, it's, <laughs> it's like, I'm like, like I don't. I have judge. so many feelings yeah. about that and i need to know where to send them which oh way gosh. am i going <laughs> I, I don't know i don't know if my mom's gonna listen to this episode but she's gonna love the very sweet thing i said about her earlier she's gonna hate it if she makes it this far and hears me say that but uh no not What's your that mom's one. name I, donna donna Ortiz. donna turn around don't drown <laughs> she's a saint <laughs> um but yeah, I, I don't know that i have a favorite honestly i'm not big on historical films whether they're historical fiction or not Mm -hmm. I guess I think you are if, more than you think you are. But anyway, continue fair. I think that if I had to pick one to sit down and watch again, because very rarely do I go back and rewatch them, maybe Saving Private Ryan. I feel like that's a cop out just because it's so well. Known, but like, that's the it's one that's a really good to film. Mind. I mean, it's a it's a classic for a reason. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I totally respect that. But I think just really quick before we move on, I think people think of historical films as these huge historical moments, right? Like mm -hmm. a war moment 
uh, an election moment, uh, like whatever, something that comes to mind is a World War One, a World War Two, a Revolutionary War. Like these kinds yeah. of things are what come to mind as historical films. But they can like true events, of course, run the gamut. And I count yeah. those, of course, as a historical film. Like S- Steve Jobs is a historical film. Ford versus Ferrari is a s- historical film. Valkyrie is a historical film. Hidden Figures, Milk. Like these are all ones on my list. And okay. they're they're all real true events is the point. And so they are historical films. And I that's why I say I think a lot of people like historical films more than they realize because they're not putting them in that genre in their head. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's accurate. I think I thought of this just from that perspective of like, what's my favorite war film as opposed right. to historical events? So yeah, I'd have to I'd have to noodle on it a little bit more. Uh, so I don't really have an answer off the top of my head. But yeah, I think you're right. I think I probably like more than I'm letting on. But I think the Saving Private Ryan, honestly, is an excellent choice either way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, again, it is a classic for a reason. And it's it's beautifully acted and it's poignant and it's it's historical in a human way, you know, it it connects you with a a specific character and uh, characters um, that move you through the story in a really poignant way. So I I think it's a great choice. Also, does it count if like the characters in it are totally fictionalized because it's taking place in a historical event, but like this, I think it's semi-based on a true story. Because it's, you know, because this story, yeah, these kinds (laughs) of stories, I think something like them in a lot of these cases exists. You know what I mean? Okay. It's like it's been fictionalized to a degree, but things like this happened, you know, in these various historical films, I mean. Okay. Well, if that's the case, then I pick Inglorious Bastards instead. <laughs> same war. They, all's fair. You just said I can pick that. So that's yep, what I'm going to go My with. bad. I gave him the green light, y'all. He, got, he, <laughs> he, he went the other way with it. <laughs> okay. But in all seriousness, this was super fun. Yeah, I we should do this think again. we should. Yeah, we should do this again. I think should, we should have a part two, part three, whatever. We should do this on a on a recurring basis. Tell us if you feel the same, because you will hear this and let us know in a couple days, probably. Um, yeah. But also come back next week or in a couple days now for yeah. the a Knight's Tale two point because yeah. our bad. But anyway, we did do yeah. it again. It is ready. We love you. You will hear it in a minute. Yeah, um, we appreciate everyone's patience. You know, it's been 10 days since the last step or so, but you're going to have a short wait this time, only a few days and you'll get yeah. another episode. So yeah. really, I think it worked out best for, for us all. But uh, <laughs> yeah, thanks for listening. But for now, you know, go have a drink and watch a thing. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.